Which voice do you want I me don't, to do? Oh, I don't know. Pick one. I'm not a scientist, but I play one on TV. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr., and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I'll bathe in you shower water, I'll break the law to bury my compost, and I love my wife. And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. Sometimes my husband drives me so insane I want to break the law, and him, but I love Ed. This week we chat with our dear friend Laura Faye Tenenbaum about protecting the environment in practical ways everybody can do. Hey there, welcome back to Begley-esque. Today we are joined by our very good friend, NASA climate communicator, Laura Faye Tenenbaum. She's part of the Earth Science Communications team at NASA's JPL, where she writes for the Earthrite Now blog and creates content for their award-winning climate website, Global Climate Change, Vital Signs of the Planet. She's also part of the Physical Science Department at Glendale Community College. She teaches oceanography. She teaches it to the next generation of scientists. Laura, first of all, let me say, I know you're not here in an official capacity for NASA. You're here on your own, but thank you so much for coming. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. But I want to say, we've known Laura Fay, well, Laura Tenenbaum, um, but I know you as Laura Fay. Laura Fay Tenenbaum. Okay, well, I never, I know, that's a long name. So Laura Fay is, I guess, I always assumed was your last name, which obviously I learned something now, it's not. But I've known you maybe 20 years. Exactly 20 years. Right now. Wow, because you were teaching this lughead over here. At Angel City. Yoga, because I got fed up. One day I said, you, ha- you can't even touch below your knees. You must go and do some yoga. So I went to Angel City Yoga on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. And there I met Laura Faye and we started wor- working together one-on-one and it changed my life. I was injured. Yeah. Uh, I was ready for surgery. I was in so much pain. I couldn't raise my arm above my head. You were going to have surgery. And I said, I absolutely not. Before you have surgery, because I know a lot of people have had that surgery and, you know, they still are in pain. I said, you either do Pilates or yoga. And since I'm a Pilates instructor, he was definitely not doing Pilates. So uh, he went to Angel City and you saw that he was inept, so he had to have privates. (laughs) I just, uh, first of all, you never told me that you were scheduled for surgery. I found out like 15 or you were planning to have surgery. I was thinking about it. I was considering. Yeah, I never knew. You went to the doctor. He I think yeah. you actually had a date. And I, just, I did not so, have a date, but that's, you can hang on to right, that notion if you want. Whatever. I made this announcement after class that I was open to teaching privately, and the most stiffest lummox <laughs> in the class comes up afterward. Did you go, oh, shit. Uh, I, no, I was open. She I think I a was good challenge. more intimidated because I'm five feet tall, and Ed is 6'3", I believe, or is it 6'4"? I shrunk to 6'3". I was 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four four. You were 6'4". And, and, well, I mean, coming to L.A., I was new to L.A. LA coming from China. Were and, you? Is yeah, I had, had come from Hong Kong Why? right before. She lived in Hong Kong. Because I liked being with them people my own height. Yeah. <laughs> I come to LA and there's all these giants. So um, that was the, the, I think for me, it's like, how am I going to spot him in a handstand? He's 6'4". So I guess I never told you that I, I just pretended that I had confidence when I grabbed <laughs> your leg and hauled you up there the first time. Boy, you were, you yeah. were a taskmaster. Oh, totally. I mean, you were tough on him and it needed, I, I loved needed it. it. I'd walk in the room and he'd be screaming and I'd be <laughs> grinning ear to ear. I'd be, yes! But that's the way yeah. it is with everything, honey. That's I could be in some sort of pain with a medical procedure and you'll yeah. be happy. <laughs> you'll be happy. Finally. Pain but you him. would, um, anytime you were in too much pain, you would make me laugh, and I'd laugh so hard that I couldn't like push your leg any further, and I'd fall. Damn, you know, laughter fall is a off. weapon. I know that's exactly. why I'm here. If he hadn't made me laugh, 
No woman would stick around. Let me tell you that. Are you talking about a wedding night? <laughs> yeah. And, and subsequent. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you didn't go from yoga to working at NASA. You were an oceanographer before. Is that correct? I had my degree in oceanography. But at the time, the jobs that were available were getting products for pharmaceuticals and it just didn't turn me on in fact it turned me completely yeah. off i loved the ocean but i didn't want to use my degree to work for a pharmaceutical company so i decided i wanted to travel the world and i ended up teaching scuba diving and joining the circus in asia and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff that you do when you no, leave no, the country no you do not me <laughs> i've never joined a circus uh anyway i did all yeah, this stuff yeah. and then i decided i i wanted to come back to america and I had been teaching yoga. I went to India and studied yoga at that time. And that's where where it was for me. And then fast forward 25, 30 years after my degree, I realized there was a huge opportunity and there were jobs in climate science and climate communication and oceanography that would fit what I was interested in, which was really helping the planet and at the same time that I was transitioning from teaching yoga to working in science it seemed like there was amazing yoga teachers everywhere when I first started teaching yoga there just wasn't that many so I kind of was at the forefront of my time here in LA but then all of a sudden mm -hmm. 10 years later there was lots of yoga teachers and I realized that you could only be so healthy physically as an individual and that really the next step in being healthy was to take care of the whole planet mm -hmm. and well that was why I really decided that one there was a position for me in this new science where we're not just abusing the environment we're taking care of the environment and I was ready to kind of expand I mean I do think that what I do now is just a bigger form of doing yoga because I'm not just teaching one-on-one -on -one individually, right. I'm working to have everybody connect and have a relationship with our planet, with the big planet, not just with ourselves. How long have you worked at NASA JPL, climate a science? Decade. A decade. A decade, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. can you just, a lot of people have a NASA on their radar, but they probably don't know the full scope of what NASA does. So could you just describe what NASA does to someone who has no idea what the agency does? Well, to cover every single thing that NASA no, does would probably take many, many hours. But my... I just think of them going to the moon. That's all sure. I think Sure. Well, you there's, know, the, you know, there's uh, the space station. There's mm -hmm. technology development. There's aeronautics, right? So NASA stands for National Aeronautics and Space Administration. So the first A is airplanes, right? Oh. So there's all kinds of things. In fact, one of the things that NASA is working on now is making fuels more efficient and making airplanes more efficient. So right. we need that and safer. So there, uh, NASA is interested in developing new technology. Um, NASA is also interested in promoting the next generation of scientists and engineers. Um, solar system stuff, Mars stuff. Exoplanets, NASA's looking at, at planets outside of our own solar system. Wow. And my area of expertise is Earth science. So the best way to study our planet sometimes is going remotely and looking down. So right now we have about 20 Earth orbiting satellites that are basically doing selfies. So they're awesome. orbiting around planet Earth, looking down on our planet, measuring everything from sea level to ocean winds, to carbon dioxide, to carbon monoxide, to water vapor, to ice mass loss. I mean, there's so many things that 
our planet is so complicated, so it's really super interesting to observe all those things from space. So for example, if you wanted to look at sea surface temperature from a ship, can you imagine going back and forth across the entire ocean? The Pacific Ocean is huge. You used to drop a bucket huge. down on a rope and pull it up and exactly. measure it that way. Exactly. I but taught that in oceanography. Right. <laughs> exactly. And your expertise in oceanography has you well poised with the climate science division and everything about climate change because 90 some odd percent of the heat is staying within the it's ocean. Stored it's within the stored, ocean. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've burned fossil fuels. And so those are coal, oil, natural gas. And we put them in the atmosphere, which causes the carbon dioxide to trap the heat, right? Right. But where does that heat go? Like you just said, most of it, over 90% of that heat actually gets absorbed in the ocean. So if the ocean didn't absorb the heat, the atmosphere would be so much hotter. Mm-hmm. So the ocean's actually doing us a favor by absorbing the heat, but it's also a problem because the ocean isn't going to cool down. So even if tomorrow we right. completely got off fossil fuels, we stopped burning all fossil fuels tomorrow, the ocean will still have stored that much heat. So that means many, many generations from now are still going to have to deal with the impacts of climate change that we've already caused in the past because of what you just said. So we've gone What ocean. about the acidification? Where does that come from? That's the carbon dioxide. Just So just like um, if you have... Uh, carbon dioxide, a carbonated drink, right, those right. little bubbles. So it's more acidic. Right, correct. So right, because right. the ocean is so good at absorbing, the ocean and the atmosphere interact, the carbon dioxide gets into the ocean, the ocean is slightly more acidic because of the carbon dioxide, and what a lot of the animals, like corals and shells, that have lived forever based on the carbon dioxide amount that has always been there on planet Earth or for the last... I shouldn't say always, not 4 billion years, but maybe the last 500 million years, it's been stable, right? right. The ocean. Yes. And now all of a sudden, in, in the time frame of 100 years, we've added all this extra carbon dioxide. And so right. those animals have been adapted. The corals, for example, have been on this planet for 300 million years, species of coral. So right. those coral have adapted to living in the ocean that has been stable for the last 300 million years. And then all of a sudden, humans have changed it in the course of 100 years. And that affects coral a lot. I'm a diver. I've seen it too, I as know. I know you have. There's a lot of damage to coral. Yeah, the I've bleaching of the, the white coral, we think is, I thought, oh, isn't that pretty? Well, that means it's dead. It means Bleaching it's dead. of many kinds yeah. of coral, not just the Well, I mean, I'm, it, it I mean, becomes white after it's bleached. It becomes white once yes. it's bleached. And I thought, in my naivete, because I am not a diver, I am just a human being, mere, mere mortal, not like Ed and you, Laura. But um, I would go to the ocean <laughs> and like I would passive aggressive. <laughs> it's very much so because he's giving me that look. But um, I would look at the ocean and I, or the coral. We dove in Fiji and, and you went well, snorkeling. I mean yeah. snorkeling. Okay, yeah, well, so coral, we, again, I am mere coral mortal. Coral shallow. Coral lives in right. like you know twenty feet, like yeah. seven but eight I meters. Would see it's, white when I'm trying to. The point I'm trying to get across is when people see, oh, it's pretty, it's white, it's blah blah blah. No, that's dead. So ocean acidification causes the seashells of some creatures to dissolve, mm. but coral bleaching is caused by heat. Okay. So in addition to heating up our atmosphere, we've heated the ocean. And so there can be these bleaching events. And sometimes bleached coral can survive like one bleaching event. Like let's say some, you got a really bad cold. Right. You could survive it. Yes. But if you got again and again and again and again, every year some traumatic, then eventually, um, and that's what's happening to the coral. So it's hard to tell, like is that one bit of coral that you swam past, is that like dead, dead, dead? Or is that like kind of really sick and might be able to come back? And so scientists 
near coral reefs are really trying to monitor which coral reefs are most like, endangered. Exactly, which yeah. ones are past, which one. And you can also compare the, the health of the coral reef with um, the temperature of the ocean and try to find out, I mean, the ocean isn't the same temperature, the whole thing. So some areas may have like a, a little cool cell and that those areas should be preserved mm-hmm. so that you know, maybe eventually over time that coral can kind of regrow. I mean, we've seen that here in California where you make a reserve right. where people can no longer hunt and catch fish and take things. Like the kelp out near Like Catalina. some of the kelp bays or uh, yeah. Monterey Bay mm-hmm. area right. or the Channel Islands. They're a, a, a national preserve. And then what happens is even though there's fishing nearby, those fish and those corals and all those creatures can repopulate all those other areas. So it is is important to uh, find out where the areas are that might be most likely to live through some of these events and make sure that they're stable. Sometimes they can respond quickly. The cod and haddock and flounder in the northeast was very bad. George's Bay, Grand Banks, all those fisheries, and they they greatly reduced the fishing, and a lot of those fish stocks came back to they a large extent. They can come back, yeah. absolutely. And I think, I mean, one of the most common questions I get, like the other day, one of my neighbors asked me, are we all going to die, right? And of course, <laughs> well, we and are. I have to say yes. I hate to break it to you, we <laughs> yeah. are all going to die. But I think what they really mean is, are we all going to die of climate change? Right. And the point of for me that I try to make is that earth is amazing and I know we've talked a lot about going out into the garden and digging for worms Ed and I both have this fascination with worms and slugs and snails and all the beasts of the soil but um, you know the earth is amazingly resilient and if just a few areas can be preserved hopefully that that can spread I mean really it'd be nice to preserve the whole thing but in the short term we can do a lot so Um, you're saying everyone has a a personal responsibility and uh, yeah so your actions have a re have a cause and effect you absolutely a- well I always say there's three things you can do one is you can take responsibility for everything you can right, right. so if you can't walk I mean some people cannot walk so then they have to drive. Other people, you know, have two good working legs and they can walk. So, you know, everybody can turn out a light. So whatever it is that you can do, take responsibility for your own behavior. And, you know, some people live in a city, so they have public transit. So it just depends. And we can all do whatever it is that we can be responsible Correct. for. So that's I number agree one. With that one. Number two is you can join together with a community because you can, you know, voting, and that's voting not just once every four years, but know who your representatives are and vote for people who support the environment. And you can also vote with your dollar. So you sure you can. can. And that's Hallelujah. all a group activity, right? Those are all of us acting together, not just individuals doing what they can do, but it's all of us as a society voting to change the way things are. Um, and then you can also belong to different groups, right? So I belong to a number of different green clubs and environmental clubs, and we're always sharing tips and things. So do what you can as an individual. Join whatever groups and participate in the society as a whole. And then lastly, I think it's really important to build a relationship with nature every day of your life. I agree. I know you. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Of course you do. So even if I you agree live too. in a city. Well, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, even if you live in a city and you see like a weed growing out of the sidewalk, I mean, you, you don't have to necessarily be out on some tropical right. island or up in a forest or at the top of a mountain to connect with nature. There's so many ways that you can connect with nature on a daily basis. And I, I kind of feel like if people make that relationship with nature, then they're less likely to 
harm it. Exactly, exactly. I always felt nature is there, certainly in Yellowstone and Yosemite, but it's also here in Studio City and in South Central and in East LA and you know everywhere else. That's part of nature too, and we have to preserve it in every sense. So look at what people like Andy Lipkus are doing right in the city of LA, planting all those trees and friends of the LA River and Heal the Bay, all these people are doing in their own part of the ecosystem, which is the city of LA for God's sake. And a lot has been preserved and indeed uh, enriched in many ways environmentally by Mm -hmm. things, actions people have taken. Yeah, and I was going to say, just so the point of um, personal responsibility, people don't, I don't know, maybe maybe they do, but when I speak, someone might ask me, what can I do? One is you said it, vote with your pocketbooks, but two, go in your kitchen and in your bathroom, look under your sink, what kind of cleaners, what kind of soaps, what, that is directly something you can do now, Uh, change it out because that is going into our water table. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, even just thinking about, you know, what people buy, you can buy yourself free time by not you know buying more stuff i mean right. you know there there's this whole okay, idea okay now you're getting dangerous here <laughs> i am getting oh. dangerous yeah yeah you and oh, can boys. i have a witness <laughs> but Woo. you can buy green stuff <laughs> yeah but i mean in the sense of like one of the things that i believe that connecting with nature fills is this sense of like loneliness and a lot of times people yeah. do stuff to fulfill that sense of like I, I neediness or loneliness right, I or I need to consume something to Even feel better. Even solar panels and electric cars and all that stuff is still just stuff. The least amount of emphasis you can put on stuff, I think the more serene a life you're going to lead. I, I really believe that. And you, I mean, you can have more stuff. You can have, one of the things you can have is more free time. You can have more time with your family. You Correct. can have more like... Well, what if you're trying to get away that from that? <laughs> <laughs> then get a better family. I, I'm stuck. you got to start stuck. dating. you got to meet guys. I know. Well, you know what? We met um, at an environmental event. Friends of the River. Friends of the River because I was so lonely. <laughs> no. I uh, There was an agent that was going on this thing and I wanted to meet him so I was like, <laughs> but you got Ed instead <laughs> well, no you had already gone on the event no I know gone. it was indirectly I loved the event and and did not get that agent by the way but nonetheless I ended up loving the organization and volunteered for it and well, that's, what's, you that's know, how we met I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I was hanging out with Ed a lot when you guys were just dating. Uh huh. And despite what he says, yes, he's really into you. Oh, uh, really? He you told had to me. Tell her that. Yes. I got to keep her under my boot. How yeah, am I going to yeah. do that now? I now think that he forgot. Knows. So tell him that. Yeah. Now I think I just told whoever's listening. <laughs> if her self worth goes up, I'm sunk. Don't worry. She'll leave me like that. Yeah. I'm stuck. I don't want now. her to feel good about herself. I'm too How old. Could you say I'm too old. No. Oh, old dog no. I think gorgeous. that this. That the next step for you two is yes. like being nice to each other. Oh, now we have a therapist. We are. When there's not a lot of witnesses. We're actually nice to each other. now become a. She's done. She's I'm worn going many back hats. to my yoga world. Yes. When we don't have any witnesses, we're actually kind of nice to each other. I but I'm know. also, we need you an know, audience. there there was a study that just came out. They listed the top 100 things that um, we could do to curtail climate change. No, it's and, called drawdown. Yeah, drawdown. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the number one was uh, was uh, chlorofluorocarbons was number one. But empowering women, empowering was, women was, was number like, one. 
I thought that was like number mm-hmm. three. I can't. Anyway, one. go look up. No, because Draw it made, down. Uh, I have the book upstairs okay. and it made it a made huge it. impression and it better be number one because I've been if telling the two, everybody. There are two involving yes. empowering yeah, women. Yeah, there's Those two. two educating together, women. Are together. Oh, I see. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Educating. It, yeah, educating and empowering. Yeah. So, you know. So you're talking directly to Ed right now, right? Yes. About so it is time to. Well, and I'm also talking to you no, too. No. Yes, you've got to feel your own power. There's only so much that men can do to empower us. We also empower ourselves I totally it's time agree. Here, here, it's, yeah. time. it's time it's time come on you guys are just teasing each We're other just teasing. this whole thing is a ruse it's a ruse <laughs> I know I mean it's sort of a ruse Ed's trying it's to like of... muffle me now that's right I know but, but, I mean, it's, a new, but it, it's 2017 it's time for a new paradigm shift that's in true. the Bagley family honey, where they support nice each other honey, long I shrunk the kids <laughs> honey I'm gonna be nice to you that's, I am that could be hilarious it could be a whole new show People Can I get you really anything, sweetie, right now? One. Do you want a thing? Yeah. I think we have to f- do this show, so you better stay tight. So ask me more uh, okay, questions Okay, so let about, me just ask um, you about like, ice and things. Okay, so you have this fancy title that you've been doing at this place called NASA, right? In, in climate science communicator. Right, because it's not enough to just do the science. And I think it might have been 100 mm-hmm. years ago, scientists were happy to sit alone in the lab, you know, get into the little research, not little, but get into right. the research in a, in a very focused way. And since climate change, it's really helped the scientists to have to bust out of the insular community right. to really connect mm-hmm. out. And I think it's been good on both ways. It's been good for the science community and it's been good for the bigger society. You know, we this thing that people also say, I hear this word, I'm not a scientist. You know, you hear that all, all the time. Right. You can probably... He probably says it all day long. No, you don't say it. You, he isn't a scientist. But he you do good one. voices. I do a few voices. I've heard you do some voices. Yeah. You know, there are people that you've heard, maybe, you know, famous people who use the term, I'm not a scientist. Yes, I've Would heard you that indulge word. me in pretending to be one of them and make a funny voice? Which voice do you want I me to do? Oh, I don't know. Pick one. I'm not a scientist, but I play one on TV. <laughs> okay. okay, what about Peter Falk being not a scientist? Could I ask you something? Am I a scientist? That's what I'd like to know. No, the answer is no. What, what time of the evening were you declared a scientist? Was that on the 25th? Oh boy, that's going to be a problem. And now talk about Marlon being a scientist. I'm not sure that I'm quite ready to talk about science at this point. <laughs> I'm not in a frame of mind where I think I could speak to the vastness of science and what we're trying to achieve. But actually, Marlon was very interested in yeah. science. He was. He worked with Dr. Craven, and they came up with that wonderful deep ocean water cooling right. technique where it's drawn from 600 feet down and then released at 150 feet down, cool, cool ocean water, and they used it to cool uh, different things in the tropics because in the tropics, a kilowatt hour costs like 45 cents because mm. all, all of it comes in in the form of diesel fuel, and they burn these diesel, gen- they run these diesel generators, burn a lot of diesel fuel, and uh, electricity is very expensive, and two-thirds of the power bill in the tropics at any resort or anything like it is spent cooling the guests, the employees, and the food. So that's what you need to cool. And, and the you, ocean is super cool. Exactly. You can take, get this water from deep, deep in the water. ocean and bring it up and then release it 
down at 150 feet so it's not coming out like boiling hot, it's just coming mm-hmm. out slightly warmer. It's not harming any marine life in so doing. And you get this incredible amount of cooling for a resort, and it's very cost-effective because you know what compressors use in electricity, a huge amount of power. But this pump, because it's like a funicular, it's bringing the water up and releasing it down, so it's not that much power. It's used because the siphoning effect of it going back down in the same pipe it really we saw it we saw it yeah yeah and marlon worked on that with this guy dr craven and damned if it doesn't work yeah well that's kind of to me you know because i talk about this all the time i can't live my life depressed and bummed out it's just not who i am as a being i just can't so i've kind of because i've worked on this so long i've had the opportunity to really see this as it is and again i'm going to use that word it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to invent all this new cool technology right it's an opportunity for people locally to come up with their own solutions right so that cold water thing works in some islands in the tropics and something different works in you know well i I was just up in iceland where geothermal is you know they're 100 percent off the grid uh, up in iceland and so it's it's a really i think an amazing time right now because like literally 10 years from now so right now we're recording this it's 2017 yeah by 2027 our world is going to absolutely look different. We're going to have a different world. Yeah. I think you're and, right. And, you know, is it going to be an apocalyptic world with all kinds of climate disaster type things and extreme events? Or is it going to be this world where we have such new technologies and we're all off fossil fuels and we have this like a really modern world and also a world where women are empowered and men empower yeah, women and a exactly. world of um, equity and parity. And, um, and if I think about it, I think we're going to have both. We're going to have both. We're right. In some places, we'll have the yes, Blade we Runner kind of. Yes, In Bangladesh, they're going to have the unfortunate kind down. of changes. I Marshall think, Islands. This. Hey, southern, uh, lower Manhattan. Lower right. Manhattan. You know, we don't Florida, have to go that far away. Yeah. Uh, Miami has it already. There's fish going down Louisiana, the streets. Louisiana, you know. Yeah. Yeah, now, because it's a full moon. They're having yeah. a flooding now. Is it this moment? They're it's a full moon today, yeah. Wow. So the spring tides happen. So right now in a lot of low-lying areas, Norfolk, uh, Miami, um, they get what's called nuisance flooding. Mm -hmm. And it's just a high tide brings flood. That's because sea level has risen so much that even a high tide can give. Is enough to push it into areas that aren't used Mm -hmm. to having that kind of water. So, uh, yeah, we don't have to go all the way to a, a foreign country. And I do believe we should care about places like Iceland Absolutely. and Bangladesh because we need to start not thinking of us and them. We need to start thinking that our planet is a single planet and it's my home, right? Bangladesh is also my home and Iceland is also my home and Maldives is also my mm-hmm. home because I, I live here. It's your home, too. We all live here on planet Earth. And for people who are listening, it's your home, too. It's planet Earth. So what do you do day to day, though? What is your sort of job? How do you communicate day to day? I write and I speak. Those are the well, two you do things it very that I do. Well. You're speaking oh, fabulously. You. Well, She's a great writer. I've worked writer on too. it a lot, yeah. uh, and I do some web content. So there's, I consult in the sense of you know images, graphics, social media, getting the message. That's exactly. what we're doing here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. communication is an important thing. When I first started teaching yoga, nobody really knew what it was. Yoga? Know? Yeah, when I first started teaching. <laughs> Where no. were they? Well, well 30 really? years ago it was when I first started teaching. Well, yeah, I'm old. I'm, uh, but nah, <laughs> you're hardly old. Well, I mean, I first started teaching about 30 years ago. People right. would make jokes about, you know. It was a small, small percentage of the population that was really interested in and, and doing yeah, it regularly. Yeah, I heard, would heard the same, like, really? joke about, you know, dairy desserts and your navel over and over again. Really? Yes, yes. And nobody knew funny. what it was. And now it's like you, the sticky mat is in the big five and the target. It's everywhere. It's, it's completely yeah. mainstream and very in like like one person's career span or short you know the big one of the biggest exports of india is yoga Mm -hmm. (laughs) they don't really yoga i mean the the people there to my i met someone who taught yoga you know that guy that came here um amanda's friend and he was talking about how really the people don't do a lot of yoga there it's yeah, sort of yeah. a luxury of, mm-hmm. of the rich. Well, they want, you know, Coca-Cola and yeah, McDonald's they, yeah. and imports from America. The other is always kind of interesting, I guess. But Yeah. but uh, I mean, there's 750 million people there. It's big, so it's hard to make um, generalized rash, statements yes. about <laughs> India. Right. Um, but we were, were we? oh, so now I think, um, you know, science communicator or science writer is a, a position that not that many people know what that is. So right. I think in the same way, give it a give it a little minute, and then all of a sudden there's going to be pe- science communicators and science writers and science show hosts are going to be well, everywhere. Well, I'm hoping we'll yes. all have a show again. You know, me being, you know. You have a show. What do you think this oh, is? Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, one that you can actually see my face. Oh, we but do want to see your face. You have, a, you have a face that was made for radio. Right? Uh, well, nonetheless. <laughs> I wait think a second. A, wait a second. Hey, wait no, a no, minute. I have a face that was no, made for radio. No, you have a face. No, I think it's important in all kinds of uh, media to get the word out, you know, and all, and to appeal to all kinds of different people. I mean, you know, not everyone's listening to podcasts, but some people are looking on their iPhone and they're doing, they want to see something funny or they want to see you know the great uh, Al Gore's new show uh, n- new movie um, the sequel to the inconvenient truth truth it's to called power. an inconvenient sequel yeah truth yeah. To is power. it called an inconvenient se- sequel well there you are it's got a lot truth of words to power. Yes. truth to power but um, what have you found to be the most pressing issues in climate change is it okay this is the thing that I would like people to know most all right it's what yes. we were talking about about the ocean so the ocean has absorbed all this heat right. and what that means is we are stuck with climate change for a thousand years yeah we're stuck mm-hmm. so we are not only do we have to mitigate we're going to have to adapt And the idea that I think a lot of people have, oh, I'll get the Prius later. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll handle it later. Oh, I can do it later. It's not pressing. It is pressing because it is here now. What's in the pipeline already. It's in the pipeline already. So it is is time now is the time. And I think that's the biggest message that I would like to get across. That, the, that it's not just me, it's the biggest message that needs to be out there is it not only is it happening now, it's going to last for a while and it's time to get on it and start So get your head adapting. out of the sand. Exactly. It is time to start adapting. Get your head out of the tar sand. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely out of the tar sand. But it's happening already. We're already having new technologies that people are going to... Can you imagine if, a, if somebody is entering college right now listening to this and they're like, what job would you want? Oh, I want to be, you know, a chimney sweep. That's what I aspire to. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. People want to work on new technologies. Right. The students are driving the the new careers because the, those are the jobs that they want. Sure. And all the uh, new 
renewable energy sector is growing way faster than the fossil fuels. And now it's cost uh, competitive. You know, the reason that it's a lot of renewables are doing so well is just based on economics. You know, Absolutely. it's competitive with natural gas and coal. It's better than coal economically, you know. Who and, grows up, I guess they do, but grows up and goes, I want to go down however many feet they go down underground and work in a and know that I'm going to have 15 years left. Well their fathers left. and grandfathers yeah, and but, grandmothers but, and mothers did it in some cases. But they're guaranteed so. to have 15 years less on their life. I know it's a cultural thing. And sometimes maybe to, they don't know an, an alternative. If you said coal miner or nothing right. you might pick that. But that's that. not the case. But See that's the, that's what we're being fed and that's what we're being told that there's like well, okay Well there are opportunities in other places right. but in some of these towns honey you got to make sure and you well, wouldn't and you it be great people right wouldn't it be great if our them? government stepped in and took on that to retrain wouldn't that be great That's something I would love for well, the government to do Well we said it here you know and I'm sure it's been said in every you know, environmental conversation across the world. But these economies of these small towns and areas and regions have been hit so hard, and these people, their kids are on opiates, and they don't know what to do, and they lash out in ways that are unfortunate. But right. we got to make sure that we don't leave the working man, the working woman out in the cold and have... Uh -huh. cold. The coal and the coal. <laughs> Out in the coal. Yeah. <laughs> and you funny. have jobs for them that are well, available. I, yes, and that are hopefully we can. Jobs of dignity. And health right. care. And exactly. that's what I want to vote for. My area that's where I'm voting. But, yeah. <laughs> but not but in that same way. I can bring it back around here. We were talking earlier, and you were making all those voices about not being a scientist. Yeah. And we were also talking about women's empowerment. But I think we also, in addition to those things, need to think about empowering people in general to accept and embrace their own intelligence you know yes that and, huh? and that all yes <laughs> exactly what, what? It, yeah that's part of empowerment and we, we have been dummied down a lot a lot, a and, lot. and people and you know there's this movement of like you're beautiful the way you are well how about you're smart the way you are and, and most empowering kids, that i agree most kids grow up from the youngest age they're natural scientists they, they ask, are great absolutely. question why is the sky so blue great question absolutely. why is an elephant so big great question there are answers to those questions I just absolutely forgot them. as <laughs> humans we are born naturally curious every yes. single human pops out of the womb naturally curious about the world around them so why we're all in our born scientists it's, right. it's sort of beaten out of us in a lot of ways yeah it is in Doesn't school in school yeah. it is beaten out of us and now it's I think now is really this great opportunity right. to wake up call. wake up and yeah. say hey you know you've got that inner science spark i can't tell you how many times i've talked to people about rocks right we're talking about plate tectonics and people are like rocks who cares but then you know then all of a sudden one person says well i, I had a rock collection when i was a kid and the, then another person says well i had a rock collection and then pretty much the whole class yeah. is talking about their rock collection that they right. had and you know all the little crystals in the rocks and all the colors and all of a sudden we're having this rock party because rocks are so freaking cool right and we just if we could just wake up that part that the mystery the magic about it you don't have to go like we said far we don't have to go scuba but you just to went to greenland did you i've not? been to greenland twice and iceland once this okay, year can you talk about what you found well uh the ice is melting and in order to better is Greenland green no, no it's white no in order to predict sea level rise so right now we're predicting that sea level is going to rise but people want to know in the next 10 years in the next 20 years how much in this region that's the next interesting study that scientists are really working on 
we know how much global sea level is rising, but how much is it going to mm-hmm. rise in this coastline, in this time frame? And to know that, we really have to know how much the ice sheets are melting, how quickly. And some of the areas around Greenland's coastline have never even been measured before because Greenland has this really convoluted, complicated coastline. Well, and I'm if sure, it's, it's hard to get to. Is it's it very hard to get to. Yeah. It's melting faster than we can even measure it and map oh, it. Oh, that's scary. Wow. So, uh, and I bet it's dangerous for scientists to go there because it's unstable. You don't want to fall in the crevasse. <laughs> no, but I mean, one of the things I have noticed uh, about scientists in general that I've met in NASA in uh-huh. particular, um, we're pretty good about our safety stuff. So um, in order to go up to Greenland, I, I can't, countless, countless safety trainings. In fact, I'm scheduled to take a fire extinguisher safety training on Thursday. For Greenland? I'm looking forward to it. I don't think you're going to need that. Well, sure you, you don't, do. yeah, there could be, be an careful. electronic fire anywhere, I you know, so. working with science equipment. So, you think um, there's no fires in the cold, honey? You don't think there's ever oh, a fire Oh, he had, see, I just base. set him up. Don't I you just dare tea. put her I just down. set him up, baby. It was a joke, sort of. Um, anyway. anyway, there could be electrical fires there, dealing with science equipment. There probably have been many electrical fires so, in yeah, McMurdo NASA's Station pretty good and at, uh, Well, McMurdo's in Antarctica, just for our listeners. We're talking about Greenland. I know, but I want her to know that fires happen in the cold. That's what I'm trying to impress okay. on her. It's cold in Antarctica. And ice happens in the fire. Exactly. What? How's ice? I'm just no. ma- I just had to like... That, now now that you got me. That, well, that. One, I used to write... One, you were asking me what I one of the things I did. For a right. long time, I would write these... I think they're fun. People like quizzes on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, you look on social media and there's like these quizzes. So I would write some quizzes. Right. And one of the questions on one of the quizzes was, um, there are glaciers in the tropics. Yes or no? True or false? Because most people think of glaciers in near the poles, well, right? Yeah. But there are glaciers in the really? tropics. Really? Yes, because... Kilimanjaro. Exactly. You mean up high elevation? Yeah, at high elevation oh, there are glaciers. And so that is some of the ice that is at the most risk. Of, right. I would imagine. Yeah, because it is... is is in the tropics. Glacier National Park in the United States is not much glaciers left at this point. Well, they're melting. They you know, sure the are. the mountain glaciers are contributing to sea level rise, um, even though they represent a smaller portion of the the ice on planet Earth. They have a, a larger percentage of the contribution to sea level rise just because they're melting so quickly. Right. The mountain glaciers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you not only you you do this for NASA, but you also teach oceanography, don't you, at uh, Glendale? Or do you yeah, still do I taught that? for um, about thirteen years, and then last year I worked on the textbook. Oh, so I, good, I guess good. I never told you this. I did one hundred and ten videos, science videos, to go along with the textbook. Oh, great! Wow, that's yeah. awesome. What a great way to learn. Oh uh, so, yeah, well, a that's a, a perfect example of how science now is really embracing new media. And some people are visual learners. Yes, absolutely. I'm a visual learner. The other thing, too, is reading. The Earth is so dynamic. Things are moving all the time, right? So to explain a dynamic three-dimensional process using a flat page is hard. Right. Whereas if you get like a 3D or an animation or a visual video tool that, that moves, it's so much easier to visualize and then understand and communicate um, these things doesn't so. it want, make you want to go back to school a little oh, bit? Yeah. Anybody can always. go back I've to school. Go that. back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can the school come here? <laughs> <We're> here. <laughs> I guess it could online. Well, yeah. There's a online. I know. I, I don't. I, I, don't do I know. Well I, I was just talking to Hayden. Some people thrive on in yeah. the online environment, and some people thrive in the uh, 
I need the interaction of actual human Me beings. Too. And yeah. you probably could do an online thing, right? I probably could. It just, you know, like to eat, he but likes... But I like being in a classroom, yeah, too. Yeah, I like At this point in my life, now that I'm and teachable. And I could probably, yeah. When Are I was you, younger, say I that was, again, you're teachable? Like you haven't yeah, trained me to do it. It's recorded. <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> I wasn't teachable when I was back in college. I just thought I knew everything. I didn't. That's I learned normal. some things, but yeah. I wasn't fully teachable. Is all I'll say. Yeah, we should keep learning throughout our whole lives. Sure, absolutely. And I mean, that's one of the arguments I like to make: is science isn't just for eighth graders. Correct. It's you know because adults are making all these decisions not only about their careers Absolutely. but about all the you know voting and purchasing and, and life decisions. So yeah, we need to embrace our inner science spark that we had as a child all the way through school and up into our adulthood. So Correct. we can kind of you know be a science literate citizen in our society right now and have important conversations. I mean, there's so many important conversations that are going on about scientific topics. Well, we're going to a movie tonight uh, about straws. Literally plastic oh, heard straws. About that. Oh, straws, yeah. And there's no need. I mean, my husband is not a fan of straws. He he always when the when the when you order a drink. Well, it's absurd. I isn't mean, it? we don't have any straws at home, but when you're at, at out and they try to give you a straw, it's like he's always like, keep the straw, no straw. But um, I don't know that they're necessary to have a straw. I don't really. need a straw to drink. Well, a drink it's personally. it's when you have a, a portable, when you have a top on something, and you need to. If it's if you're in transit, that's the problem. Well, and there's so many, you know, disposable, single-use plastic items. You know, but not starting these, with the straw and then to the. Cup have, and where do they end up else. in have, the ocean? They all end up in the ocean. We have sadly. Uh, stainless steel straws that are quite good. good. I know. Yeah, I have two. And they're paper that are in my drawer that I've never used. Well, you have to see that's a thing. It's a habit. I carry them in the car. You do? That's cool. I got paper straws from you guys. I think from an event that are still in my drawer. You have had some paper straws, and I we didn't use, and they're still in our drawer. Well, then use them. Take them in your car, and in lieu. I I wish I had a thing of paper straws. I gave some for Christmas presents. Actually, what's wrong with the metal straws I gave you? Because they're they get cold. Well, you're having a cold drink. They freeze your teeth. They freeze your yeah. I don't mind that. So you, you carry don't. a metal straw in your he car? Does. That's he, cool. In his front pocket, like a, <laughs> like a slide <laughs> roll. Like I need a pocket protector. Yeah, for your metal straw. Well, my yes. metal straws, I have two. One's green and one's blue. And they're this. They're thick and they're long. So oh, I, yours yeah, are metal yeah, like that. See, yeah, then that might big. be better. We they're have like these a boba straw. They're, and I would like massive. that, a little bigger one. Okay. I'm not okay. used mine. Yeah, because we do use a lot of, you know, we'll take a smoothie with us or whatever, yeah. and it'd be nice not to, I mean, Ed yeah, will there, take the our... Yeah, the straw's kind of necessary re- if you're going to have a smoothie. Yeah, but he'll take it to the smoothie place if we're not yeah. making one ourselves. I bring the reusable cup and the straw to get the the drinks in the morning, the juice drinks. And that's a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier, do everything you can do. Exactly, and there's much you can do. And there's so many simple things that, that we can do uh, easily. Yeah, well, bring get, your own container too. I mean, that's easy to do. Bring your too. own bring canvas your own bags. Container, you know, bring no your single own bags. use plastic. It's easier yeah, I mean, to eliminate than well, people if, think. Well, if everyone's doing it, it makes it hip. Do you know what I mean? So let's make it, you know. And you can have a cooler bag. If So this is a, just an interesting tidbit that I used to tell my college students. So in China, they banned single use plastic carry bags Good. like two decades ago or yeah. a long time ago. And the first female millionaire in China yeah. made really cool 
cotton bags. That, like, oh my gosh. Bags. That was the first female millionaire awesome. in China. And she, they were cool looking, you know. Yeah, but they were yeah. net necessity. Yeah. Well, I remember, I'm older than you lovely ladies, and I remember as a kid, there were no plastic bags no. that you got with things. No. You didn't get, you didn't buy a pack of gum or a greeting card and they give no. you a bag with no. it. It was absurd. Well, then plastic it, only came around, it, like it was invented, the, I think, in the, in the 30s and 40s and it only became popularized in the 50s. So that's why yeah. they, they, they didn't have it. It yeah. hadn't been invented. That's what I'm yet. saying. I'm telling you, the, the point is life was fine without you them. You survived without yeah, plastic. Yeah, life was just fine for everybody It's a learning they curve there. You must, it's an addiction, addiction to plastic. No question well, about and it. Well, it's also, I think, I've, I've been until I remember this one person told me that they kept forgetting to turn out the lights. And I mean, so there's all kinds of, I don't want to sound really negative and condescending like you two, but... Um. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> see, it's contagious. But I mean... That was an excuse, right? But it, I could reframe that and say, what a great opportunity to be focused in right. the present and pay attention. Right. So that brings we're all me so distracted. To my, well, my the, next question for you, which would be since the environment does have a relationship with health, what do you do to take care of your physical health, your mind, your spirit, your, you know, raise consciousness? You know, you talked about yoga and for, being... For me personally, yes. what, what's my practice now? Mm-hmm. I really enjoy lately running. Believe it or not. Okay, not yeah. everyone can run, Laura. Well, you asked me personally what I, know. I do. Okay, she runs. All right. Uh, yeah, I just get into that weird running. I would have never, you knew me before, I would have never run. But um, I get into a zone. I get really, really focused. I get really in the moment when I'm running because you're running. You can't, right. you're just right there with it. Um, so Mine is a bike ride. I like that yeah. circular motion. That feels very good in my older body. And so I, but I, I ride up to Mulholland in my bike and that, is like a high. It's like the runner's high. It's a bike rider's high. You exactly. get a real endorphin rush and you get a good workout. I, I love riding a bike. And the other thing too yeah. that I like about it is that it's kind of, you just walk out your door and run. Right. It's I know, but thing. So I you don't need can't any run. Equipment, it hurts right. my knees So what, hips. I mean, I still do, the, do you <laughs> this yoga? is going to sound so stupid, but I used to be so flexible in my hips and my legs. And um, I know that most people would like to be uh-huh. flexible. And I don't mean that to be one of those complain brags. I used yeah. to be so flexible. It was so hard. No, actually, Quality you get more problem. injuries being flexible than you do you sure being stiff. So I, I had do. a lot of injuries from being too flexible. Me so too. the running has stiffened me up in a good way. Yeah, I it's just made have, my my, my, my pelvic floor more stable. Reconstructed. So yeah, it's no so, way I'm so running. yeah, um, running, and that's my big argument against intelligent design is the knee. The knee is not intelligently we designed. No. We weren't supposed design. to be upright. You we could have designed a better hinge In my than dog that. and my cat both had uh, knee replacements. So even oh they are quadrupeds and the knee is bad. Yeah. Uh, so for, you know, people you have to... do yoga? I do, of course. I do yeah. yoga. I still do Pilates. Yep. Rochelle was my Pilates instructor right. for yep, yep. a long time. Yeah, Pilates so, is So yeah, work. enough to do. You were, I do on my own yeah. Pilates. Um, um, I have a trainer also. I yeah. go to, like a regular trainer. Weight trainer. Yeah, he uses those TRX. Um, oh. And he he actually got his master's degree in therapy from UCLA recently. Right. So, awesome. you know, we talk a lot about the mind-body connection. Uh-huh. Yep. So I think that's it. Mind body connection, mindfulness, being mm-hmm. in the moment, exactly. being aware, finding, you know, the what works for you. But mindfulness is the key to everything, really, because if you were mindful, you would see what's going on around you exactly. and you care. So turning out the lights, remembering to bring your own bag, remembering to bring your own right. 
what is it? A straw, a straw, fork, a spoon, whatever. Or, you know what I did recently yeah, in a restaurant? It's a, it's a meditation yeah, practice, you, a big present. I was in a restaurant that, that we, we go to um, that's a, you know, a granola kind of, you know, all. A healthy restaurant. Yeah, for, granola. I don't, it's an old term, but it's a stupid term. But nonetheless, and I went up to the management and said, do we really have to have straws and every, because they, they brought us water with straws in them. Oh my God. I'm like, but they're doing it all over town. That's not the only and right. I won't name them out, but, but you know, and I, if they will, if they don't change. Um, but nonetheless, they, But maybe you could get them to the point where they did with water, the same procedure they had with yeah, water during the drought. Ask for is, it. Yeah, you ask yeah for if you it. ask for a straw, you get it. I have lipstick on, I want a straw, can you help me? Then they get a straw. Well, I right. mean, think of what happened with the hotels. I mean, hotels, you don't get your towels washed unless... Right. Correct. I mean, and that's well, an entire industry. And Saved the, the, a lot they, of money. They, it was really for their bottom line. It ended up helping the environment. Sure. They, so they sell it. And also with companies, you know they they want to look good to their customers yeah so it helps them look good to their green. customers it helps to save money and people don't need you know i mean if you need your towel change you ask for it we don't get fresh towels every day at home why should you get one at a hotel you don't get a fresh towel every day at home you no. don't have a towel fairy that comes no fluffs your towel i use it I don't for either. a few days he does i do too now okay so oh, i wanted to say one other okay. thing too i've also for health reasons really started enjoying um cooking at home and cooking my own food mm. yeah and nothing li- better living you know so then you you don't have to deal with any of that stuff right. and it's, it's true. going out to eat is a as a treat it's wonderful i only go out to eat to places where i could never make that myself right right? so if i know how to make it or could make it why not just buy it and make it and you have time with your family you've got more free time you or have time on your own you know bobby goes out of town a lot so i hang out and have the whole house to myself with the pets you save a lot of money you say you end up we didn't do it on purpose to save money but it ends up saving a lot of money control over where that chicken or if you're you're eating meat or if you're not eating meat where it comes from is or is it organic i mean and you end up having higher quality stuff right so so instead of having to buy something less expensive, you can buy higher quality because you're not going out as much. And, and I guess the last question I have about health would be, um, what major medical issues um, do you think will be more prevalent if the planet's health continues to go down this path? Okay, so uh, bugs, like mosquitoes, for example, right. ticks love ticks. the warm, moist weather. So you already see things like Zika, um, a really good friend of mine is working on an app, and she's just been traveling through South America where all the Zika outbreak places are and making sure that people understand how to identify and, and eliminate these things. But uh, all the diseases that bugs, like insects, mosquitoes, ticks, and stuff Malaria's, that carry the, yeah. Um, yeah. Will, will spread because and Lyme's disease from yep. ticks. Oh my yep. gosh, that's really daunting. Well, yeah, the bugs, the cockroaches are really, really into climate change. Really? Yeah, they want. They do they carry they will disease well. though? Cockroaches. I don't know that cockroaches do. Ugly. I just. Mm, I mean, we're so judgmental, aren't we? Yeah, but I don't um, like them. I mean, I don't really want them in my house. But all of those creatures, all of those animals, they decompose. Our, our food, right? Our, our they waste, break down, our, they break our, down, yeah. they're decomposers. So if we didn't have the decomposers, we would just Grub have worms, festering worms, everything, everywhere. All of it. So as long as they stay outside, they're cool. Yeah, that's um, But yeah, so the, the mosquitoes and the ticks and stuff are the ones that actually carry, carry disease. And they 
are big fans of warmer weather. So we asked our listeners on Twitter if they had anything to ask you. And thanks to everyone who sent in a question. Less work for us, right? So David at DS Arrows asks, is carbon capture a realistic option? If so, how close is it to being practical? Okay, so I'll start by saying that the technology for carbon capture is not my area of expertise. But I also really strongly believe that we can't just keep saying, oh, I'll make the mess and then we'll worry about cleaning it up. Mm -hmm. I'll make the mess. At some point, the opportunity really lies with thinking about the way we live differently. And I mean, a lot of people ask me, oh, maybe we should just go to Mars and get another planet. And I kind of feel like those are in the same category. Right. Even if carbon capture was amazing, we still need to stop making the mess. Right. Exactly. Well put. And Christina at Christina Nikopik is how you ask. That's her name. Asked, has she seen your episode of Star Trek Voyager? Have you seen this episode of Star Trek Voyager? No. Okay. That's right. okay. Can well, I? You should uh, see it. <laughs> Sarah Silverman is in it. So oh, that's really? More Am I allowed to swear a little bit? Yes. Okay. So you guys can't see me, but a lot of people think that I that because I work in science, I'm a nerd, and I've never self-identified as a nerd. I self-identify as a badass. And you are that. I am a badass. And so I don't like do the whole nerd like TV. So you're not a like is what you're no. saying is you're not a Trekkie. I am not. How is that possible? I'm a badass. Well, you are that. I know that from <laughs> studying yoga with you for years. Where can people find you on social media or websites or what do you recommend to people? Well, my Facebook page is Laura Faye Tenenbaum, T-E-N-E-N-B-A-U-M. And my Twitter is Laura Faye Ten. L-A-U-R-A-F-A-Y-E-T-E-N. Great. Great. What a delight talking to you, Laura. I'm so glad yeah, that you Laura, invited me. So cool. You've helped me in so many ways. You're helping the planet in so many ways. You've been an inspiration to me for a long time, and we're just grateful that you'd come. Well, you're an inspiration to me, too. I, I actually have told people that, that if I could do and spread the word as far as you have spread it, I would feel like I've done... I a think good you've job done a lot more, dear. You've gotten, you've, you've contacted, really? yes. yes you've worked you what you've so been doing. You, you know, well, we all I mean, have we're our all part. in this together. We exactly. Are we are all in this together. Laura well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Laura, we have loved talking with you. You had some great takeaways that we want to highlight, which is number one, I know you believe in this as I do, do what you can. Don't get hung up by the list of things you cannot do. Concentrate on the list of things that you can do, right? And and also don't think the Calvary is coming in to save us. Be responsible today. I mean, it might happen and we pray it does and you're... Your researchers at you know JPL and NASA and wherever else are are working tirelessly on this problem, but we have to stop making the mess. Absolutely. And when you try just doing that one little thing every day and then make it two little things, you'll s- see how good it makes you feel right. after you've done it. Another great takeaway is don't just think about other countries being in competition with us. We shouldn't do anything because they're not. We're a world community now. We're a global community. We have to think globally and act locally, right? Like what happens in Bangladesh is what happens here. It is yeah. our business What happens in Greenland does not stay in Greenland. No, it doesn't. And what I love also, you were talking about empowering women and empowering people to, women specifically, to be smarter, to be science interested, which I think that's happening more and more now, because uh, you know we know from drawdown that you know an empowered woman and a uh, woman that's uh, what's the other education education empowerment yes uh, is the number one answer to global climate change according to drawdown. 
Yes, if those two categories right. involving women, empowering women, were put together as one, yes. it would be the number one thing that would stop the continued increase in climate right. change. And you being a woman and all, you know. Yep. So me being a woman and yep. all, we're so, going to rock it out. Yep. Yeah, we you are, are so the far. Bless you both. <laughs> yeah. Okay, folks, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Like our Facebook page and spread the love. Well, sometimes it's more like fun banter, but... Do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did. Talk to you next week. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info and advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.